It's going to be a good day. I love how Wes and them are so led by the Spirit and want to sing. And man, we have a Savior. And he's not a defeated Savior. And he's not the what most people picture. You know, when you see paintings of Jesus, he looks kind of weak and frail. But he's going to come on a white horse with a crown. And on his thigh, there is a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. So uh, that's who we serve. And that we're going to continue talking about him today. We're going to have communion at the close of service today. And we're going we're to place the word. Jesus is the word, right? That's what John said. We're going to apply the blood to our homes. <laughs> We've been talking about the home, the foundation, whether you're a home of one or a home of ten. Uh, you have a covenant with God. You have a relationship with God. And part of the promise that he's given us is peace. So no matter the circumstances that we live in, peace is in me. He put it there. So we're going to continue that today. I'm not sure what John's going to teach next week, if this is the close of our foundation series or not. But I'm excited about it because this is liberating. We, we have a tendency in human nature, not God nature, okay? Human nature, flesh nature, to blame everyone else for our situation. I, I've done it. You've done it. I mean, from the time we can talk, Jody, we're, you know, it was somebody else took that toy from me, and that's why I whacked them in the head with it, you know? I mean, there's always this, that's human fleshly nature, is to blame someone else. And so if you'll turn with me to Genesis 2, remember we're talking about the home. What kept coming to me all weekend was, James, you're in control of your atmosphere. You're in control of your atmosphere. And, and we want to be upset because somebody made us mad. We want to be upset because someone made us. When the truth is, all they did was give us opportunity. If the fruit of the Spirit, which you can go read about in Galatians, you know, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, goodness, faith, did I miss anything? If we have the fruit of the Spirit, which means we're walking in, by the Spirit and not in the flesh, Interesting story here. Galatians lists the fruit, the byproduct of walking in the Spirit. But then it also lists the works of the flesh. Do you want fruit of the Spirit or works of the flesh? The works of the flesh, go read them. They're not good, they're not pleasant. Read the fruit of the Spirit, it's good. It's pleasant. The, 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 where we're at as Christians is we still have a decision to make. Are we going to walk in the Spirit? We have that option now. We've been born again. We've accepted Jesus. If you hadn't, you're going to have an opportunity here in a little bit to accept Jesus as your Lord. It's not just acknowledging that he is Lord. The Scripture says the devil knows he's Lord, and he trembles. But he hadn't made him his Lord. The difference is when we make Jesus our Lord, we're saying, 
I'm going to live by how you say to live. And guess why he wanted us to live that way? It works. <laughs> it, it takes away all the, the junk we've had to work through, Janelle, if we do it his way, right? It makes life a whole lot simpler. It's not that things don't come, but it's just when we choose to handle things his way, it makes it a whole lot better. So we have a choice. Fruit of the Spirit works of flesh. And in our homes, that's where we've been applying this the last four weeks, applying this principle in our homes. Home is not separate from your Christianity. Amen. You don't live like a Christian and love your neighbor and then treat your family like they're an enemy. And I encourage you, if you have not been involved in Wednesday night Bible study, we have been covering a deeper level of forgiveness for four weeks. We don't video it, so you'll have to go back and listen to it. You can go to the website. You can go up to a dozen different places. <laughs> Tanya can tell you where all you can go to listen to it. And go listen to a deeper level of forgiveness. Because we, we've got to live in forgiveness in our homes. If we're going to have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, faith, if we're going to have those, then we've got to choose forgiveness. And there's, there's where we... And it comes down to where the rubber meets the road. In our homes, sometimes we don't take the word home. Well, that's what this church is here for, is to take the word home. How do we take the word home? So Genesis 2, I'm going to jump around in Genesis just for the sake of time. But in Genesis 2, verse 4, it says, When the Lord God made the heaven, the earth and the heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. Verse 6. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here's our choice. Here's our choice. You can have it all and eat from the tree of life, or you can eat from the, knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We still have that choice, y'all. You can, you, we still have that choice. Lit, not literally, but typically. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. Some versions say, in dying thou shalt die. He would die spiritually and it would set physical death into motion. And the Lord God said, it's not good for this man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. He put the home, the family together to help each other. 
This was the plan. This is, there's a big enemy out there. There's this big choice out there in front of them. He put them together to help each other make the right choices and to get done what God wanted done. That mission has never changed. Rusty is to, to keep me from eating from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and to keep me partaking of the tree of life. I am to keep Rusty from partaking. And I know we all still have self-will. Adam and Eve had self-will. But at the same time, they were responsible for each other. Genesis 3, verse 1. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Look, the devil doesn't come in in a red suit and a pitchfork. He comes in through your computer. He comes in through your cell phone. He comes through that person at work that starts talking to you and about their, their home and how horrible it is. And they start planting thoughts in your mind. It comes through your television set, through what you're you're seeing and you're listening to and you're exposing yourself to thoughts that are contrary to the word of God are enemies of God. They're enemies to the plan of God and they are enemies to your home because Paul told Timothy one of the biggest things that would happen is that the, the enemy, the deceivers in the last days would come after the women. Make you mad? And you know why he said they would come after the women? It's in chapter 3. You know why? Because they're unfulfilled. And if you don't have a teammate in your home, Jesus will be it for you. He will be it for you. Amen? He's subtle. He came to the woman and he said, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the, the woman said to the serpent, oh, we may eat it from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. She, she missed what God said. She didn't understand it. She, she left a door open to the enemy. And he said, you will surely, you will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman, For God knows that when you eat of it, your, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Has it ever occurred to you that all they knew at first was good? And somebody comes to you and says, Oh, you can touch this. And then you'll know what that's like. You need to look and see if what you have is good and if what he's trying to get you to partake of is evil. Why go there? Why go there? When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they tried to cover themselves from what they had done. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Don't notice. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Don't see us. 
don't, don't see us. Which to us seems dumb, and yet we sweep our home issues under the rug like God doesn't see them and is not there walking with us to help us out of the situation. That's what, you know, these four weeks have really been about let's quit sweeping this stuff under the rug and then having to deal with it year after year after year after year until you finally get to the place. And let me tell you what the Lord showed me. Last night as I was going to sleep, I saw the congregation, except the house was full. And I saw every now and then this stick would come up with a white flag. And then slowly somebody else would hold up a white flag. And then over there, somebody else would hold up a white flag. And then in the balcony, somebody else would hold up a white flag. Even some of our workers were holding up white flags. I was like, God, what is that? He said they're ready to give up and surrender, but they're surrendering and giving up to the wrong thing. In their homes, they're going, I'm about done. I don't know if I can. He said, you're surrendering to the wrong thing. I'm not saying, you know, we've covered this every week. If you're being abused, you know, disclaimer, get out and be safe. Let God deal with you from a safe place, right? Otherwise, other issues... Surrender the right thing. When we sang that song at the beginning and it said, come back to communion, come back to the start. That's what God is calling us to do this morning. Come back to the word. Forget what you've partaken of from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Forget what you have learned from experience about your home. And come back to the word of God, which is the truth about your home what they've done what they've done what she's done what he's done what let's come back to the word of God let's just come back to the start of things and let's be in communion with him and especially if you're separated can I just be plain if you're separated and you've got reason for being separated I'm not telling you to go back and you're not right now Come into communion with God. Let him guide you. He won't guide you wrong. He'll guide you right for your circumstance and your situation. We can't cover all those up here. We don't know them. They tried to hide. Verse 8. They heard him coming in the cool of the day, walking among the trees. And the Lord God called to him, to man, and he said, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Now, if you missed Tim Brooks's message that he taught when he was here on who told you that, you need to go back and listen to it. Because who told you that? Who told you marriage can't make it? Who told you you should stay in abuse? Who told, who told you is key here? In what you need to do in your life. Who told you? If you're hiding from God, then it probably wasn't God that told you. But if you are transparent and laying it all out before him, then listen and pay attention to what he says. 
Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil? You know, the one I commanded you not to take from? Your own understanding sometimes? The man said, It was the woman. Why do y'all laugh when I say that? It was that woman you put here with me. She gave me some fruit from the tree, so I ate it. She gave me offense, so I ate it. He gave me offense, so I ate it. He cheated on me, so I cheated on him. She cheated on me, so I cheated on her. Whoa. Let's back, let's back her up here. Either one of them could have stopped this. Either one of them could have stopped this. It could have been controlled individually. It could have been controlled collectively. But either one of them could have stopped this. Adam could have changed this story. Eve could have changed this story. I've heard it said that Adam's mistake was his silence. He was passive when he should have been responsible. But in reality, God gave them both dominion. Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image. In our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth and of all, over all the creatures that move along the ground. You think that might have included a serpent? So God created man in his own image and the image of God created him. Male and female he created them and God blessed them and he said to them, Be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over it. I don't think any of us desire chaos in our home. But let's not be passive when there is. We want peace and God wants us residing in peace. And this morning I want us to face the truth that peace does reside in you if you are walking in the Spirit. Anytime I leave my peace, I'm in my flesh. And you know when you leave it, don't you, Ann? We know when we leave it. When we leave it is when our focus changes to our circumstances and the person instead of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the word that he gave us. He's told us what to do, and that is unconditional. So it is not dependent on the other people in our house. I mean, this is tough for me because it's hunting season. And I'm really having to be a good girl. And I know that's trivial compared to what some of you deal with or have dealt with. So I'm not making fun of it. Just every now and then we need a little comic relief. It felt like a good place. This lesson really brings us back full circle to the very first one we taught in the series, part one, where we talked about who are you alone? Because if you're not good alone, when you go to adding other things on top of that, 
it doesn't help. We need to be good alone. And that comes down to our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no peace if there's no peace with God. And there's only one way to have peace with God, and that's through Jesus Christ. If I don't have peace with God, what I have, and y'all can help me out here, but just for me, if I don't have peace with God, what I would have would be guilt. Just looking back at Adam and Eve. Guilt, shame, fear, hopelessness, anger. I mean, that's just the things I could think of. If I don't have peace with God, those are things. And so we have an angry world, and sometimes we have angry people because they're not at peace with God. And, and we taught a great lesson, and I hate that any of you missed it, out there on, on forgiveness. I mean... We've got to start taking the word home. Forgiveness gives God opportunity to work in that person's life. It doesn't mean you're back in the bed with them or back at home with them. But your forgiveness releases, it gives God opportunity. If we don't forgive, the scripture says, if we keep our wrath till after morning, after night... Then it says we give a foothold or we give opportunity to the devil. So what we did is we took that verse and took, turned it wrong side out. And we said, okay, if us getting into anger and unforgiveness gives the devil opportunity, then what does forgiveness do? We taught that out here last week, I think. We covered it last week. So we've got to get to a place where if we want to be at peace, we need to look and seek, and the scripture says, pursue peace. That's like a hunter. A hunter pursues the prey. It's a lot of effort. Right, John? Rusty? Who else I got in here? Todd? Marjansky? Right? You go through a lot of effort. Why don't, we, why don't we go through a lot of effort at home to pursue peace? Is that what, is it what we want? Do we want it? Then we do the things, the scripture says, do the things that make for peace. Do the things that make for peace. I know, I know what buttons to hit. Who said yes you do? Who said that? Shame on you, congregation. Shame. Might teach some hellfire and brimstone up here for that. Hell is hot. I'm just kidding. As John Birch would say, and you're, you're swinging over it on a thin rope. Or something like that. A what? A rotten rope. That's the background he came from. He can't help it. I know what buttons to hit. Rusty knows what buttons to hit. Doesn't take a rocket scientist. Don't hit him. And I haven't hit any since yesterday, and he probably hadn't either. So, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, and we have to have grace with each other and find some comic relief, you know, and say, you know what, that was a button, wasn't it? I mean, you can back yourself out of a situation just by being cute. 
or sexy, whichever works. <laughs> Just saying. God gave them both dominion. He gave them both dominion. If we want peace, we have some dominion. And a lot of it's going to happen through our words. And this is where I have to watch it, and it's probably where you have to watch it. A lot of it is through our words. Peace with God was made totally possible through Jesus Christ. He took on himself the anger that God had and the wrath that God had towards sin. He took yours. And he took it on himself so that you could have peace. He took the penalty of our sin. He took the penalty of my failures on himself. And that grace gives me space to grow. So when we're talking about home, let's have some grace at home. God gave me grace to grow. Let's give our, our families space and grace to grow. Isaiah 53, he said, Surely he has borne, Jesus has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, this is out of the Amplified, our sicknesses, our weaknesses, and our distresses. And he has carried our sorrows, our pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that was needed to obtain peace and well-being was upon him, and with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and we are made whole. Whole. That means no matter what happened to me as a child, no matter what was done to me, no matter what was said to me, if I will focus on my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he came to make me And if I'm whole, I'm not wounding. If I'm wounding, there's something that needs to be made whole. And I give Rusty credit for this often, probably should do it more. This man helped God make me whole. Wasn't his, you know, he's not God most of the time. He's not God. But God used him. He partnered us together to help make each other whole. But it's only to the degree that I've let Jesus deal with me that I am able to deal with him. So it's very important that you, if you're, if you're working on things in your home, that you are concentrating on your wholeness. That's not selfish. That's needed. And, and there's people in this room, God love them, who have seen me at my wit's end. Very, some of you have seen it out here, but some of you have seen it personally. Like you were a rock in my life. And you, you know things that nobody else in this room knows. And I thank God for you. But what I love most is that you stuck with me and that you're here today. Because you get to see me better because I have a Savior. 
and because his word works. And, and it doesn't matter if you've sat on my couch and you've spilled your guts and you felt like you were at the bottom and there was no way out of your situation for you. I want you to know that when I see you, that is not what I see. It's not what God sees. There is a way to wholeness. Jesus Christ has given us that opportunity. This morning, we're going to reconnect to the promise of wholeness. Through Jesus Christ, we're going to choose his peace for ourselves. You know, when the, when the plagues were, were sweeping through Egypt, you remember the story? Those of you who are older, you remember the flannel graphs? And the plagues were sweeping through Egypt. They came to the last one. This is in Exodus 12. Uh, God had his people do something very interesting. He had them get a lamb, what we call the Passover lamb, which was a type of Jesus. Innocent, young, if y'all see, that's just the ushers getting ready. They're not leaving because they're mad or anything. <laughs> All the men are getting up and walking out of church. He had them take, the, it had to be a spotless lamb. Innocent, totally innocent, totally perfect type of Jesus Christ. And he had them slay it. And he had them take the blood of the lamb. And you know what he had them do? He had them put it on the doorpost of their homes. The three parts of the doorpost. He sealed their homes and he kept death from their families. But it was still their choice to apply it. He didn't do it for them. And you can go home and you can talk to your kids and you can say that they're lazy and you can say that they're worthless. That is not applying the blood and you are leaving the door open to the enemy. Or you can go home and you can say, you know what, you shouldn't have done that. Let me tell you why. And you can build them up by the word of God. And you can help them to paint a picture of themselves different than what they're feeling on the inside. You can do the same for your mates and your children. Children, I've even seen children do it for their parents. And we can... We can apply the blood to our homes and we can keep the enemy out. Y'all can stand with me. Exodus 12, 13 says this. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And that's where I want us to focus this morning. The blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. We are reconnecting, recommitting to our Savior in our homes. The Word has first place in our homes. The Word's what comes out our mouth in our homes. If it doesn't line up with, our, with the Word, and if it's not what God said, we're going to work on not saying it. In the last days, if you go read, and, and we've taught it every year for a while, and I, I'm tr trying to skip this year because I don't want to wear you out on it, but when Paul wrote Timothy and he started telling him what it was going to be like in the last of the last days, homes are the target. Because if you take the home, if you take the gender, and you take the home, society falls. God did not build a society until he built the home. Yes. 
So we're going to recommit to that today. Will you, will you join me in that? Here's what we're going to do. The ushers are going to come up. They're going to start giving you the juice. It, and I have to say this because we always have people here from different uh, rehabs. They ask us to use uh, juice with no alcohol for them, and so that's what we do. So if that is a concern for you, it is, there is no alcohol in that juice. Uh, it is representing the blood of Jesus Christ. It, it's grape juice representing the blood. And then the, and the ushers will also serve you a little piece of bread. Here's one thing you need to know before you take communion. You don't take it unsaved. You don't take it unsaved. That's called taking it unworthy. If you have asked Jesus to be your Lord, then this is an open communion for you. If you have not, we're going to pray a prayer. And I don't want you to do it just so you can take communion. <laughs> I don't want you to do it unless you mean it. Because when you say, Jesus, be my Lord, that means you're taking the word home. To the best of your knowledge, and he'll help you grow. He doesn't expect perfection. He expects a perfect heart, which means a willing heart. Right? He'll work with you. He's going to help you in this. If your home's not perfect, welcome. you got a whole room full of us that are still working on home. Right? But he's willing. He's willing. So let's, let's pray a prayer of salvation first. And if you have never said, Jesus, it's time. I'm picking you. This, this is it. And you grow from there. If you do that, please, any of these ushers that are serving you, uh, any, me, John, Mark, Tanya, Anna, any of us can pray with you if you need us to, and we can give you some more information. We don't want to just send you out and say, you're saved, have a great life. Okay? Stick around. We're here to disciple you, all right? Father God, y'all repeat it after me. Father God, I have come to you to tell you that I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe He died for me. He took my sins. You raised Him from the dead. And He is at your right hand. And this day, I say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I am saved. I will grow from here. Seems simple. The accepting is, now we start the growing. And this is the life-changing part. You may wake up in the morning and you may feel like, I just said some words. Well, that was the start. The rest of us are all on that road, that journey somewhere. But you are saved. If you accepted and you proclaimed and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, you are saved. Now we're going to learn. And he's going to help you. Amen.